So we've we've been in um, Everest family has been to the swimming pool a lot these last two weeks. We've had uh, we had swim lessons for two weeks, which was pretty pretty fun, pretty interesting and fun in both ways. But uh, I remember Asher when we would be in uh, when when it was just me and him at home for like a year or whatever we did that for. We would go out and about, and he would he would be so intrigued um, by certain things with certain people out and about. I don't know how to say this in another way, but Toven, our youngest son, had like his first crush this last two weeks <laughs> on the swimming lifeguard coach. It was like Wendy Peppercorn from Sandlot in the best way. I was like, my sweet son. Like it'd be time for his turn to swim. He'd be like, she'd be like, okay, show me your bubbles. He's like, no, no, first, first, first. Like patting her arm. I want to, I want to tell you about the fish that live in this pool. And she'd be like, okay, that's sweet, but let's go ahead. He's one of them's name is Stephen. One of them's name is talk to her, talk to her. So Lily at the end was like, one of the last days. Do you like, do you like Miss Sarah? She's like, oh mommy, <laughs> mommy, I love her so. <laughs> and then he goes. And I love you so, mommy. And you. <laughs> but it was, uh, it's been a pretty fun, that had no relevance on anything, by the way, other than I had to tell y'all because it's so funny and so visibly obvious during the entire swim lessons. We're like, dude, don't touch Sarah's hair. Don't do it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yes, it's yellow. Yes, you love it. Just stop it. Sorry. Stop it, okay? If he'd be like, Wanting to tell her, I'm going to tell Miss Sarah. It's like, how about you show Miss Sarah you can swim? Let's just do that. <laughs> tell her stories after. But we could not stop his love. It was so, it was so funny. <laughs> He's already ready. Like, I know swim lessons are over. But can we go back and see Miss Sarah? Yes, we will. We will try to. Yes. Um. Anyway, besides that, besides that, uh, because it was awesome. Um. Anything, anything this week. Just wanted to open it up and share. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks. Anything this week we feel like has been a blessing and like this interesting um, interruption of the Holy Spirit in your life, maybe. Something that you've just had to take notice and say, oh, yes, this is God working in our life. Or this is the Holy Spirit directing me in a, in a way or anything like that. If anyone wants to share, now's the time. And then we'll jump to Acts. Do it. Um, I have been feeling like really overwhelmed with work and a bunch of things going on in my life, and um, my boss kind of recognized that in a way that I like wasn't expecting, and just offered me like a lot of flexibility after I had been working overtime, and I asked if I could come in late because I wanted to take some coffee and breakfast to Aisha, and she was like that's so kind of you, don't even worry about coming in today, and that was a Tuesday, and I was like, just her extending that to me, and like seeing what I've been doing felt so good to me. Oh, good. To be seen with with things is nice. Yeah. It's this odd thing in us, like we may not need that, you don't need that obviously to work, you work hard without that, I mean you have for the last months at this job, right? But then to have it it seen is is a different deal. It's such a cool, very cool. Which then is probably not going to Yeah, because you got a coffee and breakfast, yeah. I've seen, and she's, you know, sat there with me for a few hours and just started the morning, you know, not alone. I mean, she's there, but she can't. Yeah. 
Yeah. It just doesn't advise the same. Probably back to you. Anyone else? We've been gone for like four weeks, it feels like, and that's an area where weekdays we haven't been able to just get together with um, our restore group. And just having folks this weekend, it's a chance to have everyone in our house for the first time in like a month. And like, I know, it was a real refreshment to like almost like come under the part of us that was missing by not being able to be here. So I think realizing that. Um, like kind of reestablish this idea that like God is doing something here and when you're not here that's a part of you then, then you feel that missing part when you're not able to be there right. so um, right. we feel nice it's, it's interesting how we feel we enjoy community when we have it of course I think it's nice and if you don't for a time oof it's, it's, you really feel it differently and not that we take it for granted either. It's just in our normal rhythm. I don't mean anyone would necessarily take it for granted, but when it's in your normal rhythm and you're going along, it's nice. Community's great. Then when it's your rhythm is snatched from you or you change a little or whatever, you you feel this draw for it and it reminds us how much importance there is, you know, and how much a part of us it is. Anyone else? We'll do one more. Yeah. So um, some people know, but. This past week, I actually started a new job, which has been... Yes. For those that don't know, it's been a long, kind of hard 10 months of contract work and basically trying to find something. And it's been a lot of prayer and a lot of party. But uh, this week just seemed super refreshing and super exciting. And yeah, it was just kind of a relief and yeah, all the stress and... <laughs> All the stress is an easy way to say what we just went through. Yeah. Uh, No, but I think it. You know, I just kind of going into work. It was just different. You know, not working from home or doing just things around the house to try to stay busy and trying to find continue to try to find jobs and jobs and jobs. But it was really just kind of refreshing and just lots of blessings and just to everybody who has prayed for us multiple times and. I can't thank you guys enough. Like it's just, it's a true blessing to just get the love from everyone here and the support. Yeah. Good. So hard now, I need to make sure that I continue to push and give my love back to everybody else tenfold. So. Y'all do. Y'all do. Good. Plus, we got a lot more eating desserts. And- <laughs> <laughs> you did. You had time to practice a lot of dessert cooking that we've all experienced too. So, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that we would have gladly traded those two things, but we are, you know, you have been kind to us, so don't worry, man. You have been kind to us. Yes, you know, it's fine. Oh, man. Well, we, we, we love y'all, man. We're so glad. And don't, don't worry, you... If you didn't reciprocate the way you do, it wouldn't be probably given with the fervor it was. So, we love you. We're happy, we're happy for y'all. Really excited. Um, okay. So let's do this. Let's... Let's look in chapter 14. Um, real quick, just a non-even, this, this way too short a wrap-up of 13. They, uh, they're going and speaking in synagogues, speaking to Gentiles, finding success there. They have these crazy stories. This um, uh, magician type, the person tries to get in the way of the gospel, gets blinded. Um, the ruler of this area 
um, believes and there's success all around until these Jewish leaders become jealous of their influence, Paul and Barnabas's influence. Um, and again, there's like 30 other things that happen that are worth mentioning in this whole deal. But, and then threaten them and are about to begin actual physical endangering of their life, persecution, and so they leave, right? We talked about how at this point, the Holy Spirit seems to direct them to do so. Um, at times, the Holy Spirit keeps people um, in persecuting situations. Other times, the Holy Spirit gives okay to go, or sends them somewhere else, or even encourages them with that, hey, this is a good opportunity. You can go over here now and speak this news that we have and speak the grace of God. So they do, okay? So they do leave this place, and they're filled with the joy. The last verse here says, and the disciples were filled with joy, and with the Holy Spirit. Now, in Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Um, I'm just going to read all and then we'll go back. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time. I love that so they remained. It's interesting. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, and some sided with the apostles. With, when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and stone them, they learned of it, fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconia, and to that surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. Okay, so let's go back, and we'll talk through some of this. Now, in Iconium, they entered together in the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Why, why do they go? Why does it mention that they go to the synagogue? We've talked about this a few weeks. Why is that important to even mention? Now, in Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number believed. Why would that be important? <clears throat> Right. Very true. Very true. Since, since they would, especially Paul, Barnabas as well, just because of his work and because of who he was, um, the son of encouragement even, but Paul especially because how learned he was and how successful a Pharisee he was beforehand, studying under who he studied under, um, being kind of this prominent, new, about to be the face of the ruling class of Jewish men at this time, he, people would know who he was. So if he went here... Um, and he shows up, he is most certainly going to be invited to speak at the synagogue. When he arrives, they're going to be glad he's there. There's going to be whispers about, oh, this is that guy. And he has intrigue around, he was this Pharisee, and now he is a believer of the way, right? He has all this going, so he's going to be invited to speak, just for cultural reasoning, right? He's going to be invited to do that. Why else would they mention, why would Luke mention that he goes there before anything else? I think someone, you might have nailed it on the head last week, I'm not sure, I can't remember. Someone kind of hit it spot on. But why would it need mentioning that he goes to the synagogue first? So this might not be where you're going, but... Um, it's okay. I'm just, Do it. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I think it's interesting that it's brought up that... Uh, 
they went to a Jewish synagogue and then they taught that both Jews and Greeks believe, so it's possible that both of those parties were welcomed in the synagogue. Perhaps. Possible, yeah, possible. What um, else? And then, you know, I don't know that we know that much about Iconium in and of itself, so the fact that there is a synagogue there um, shows that there's some level of Jewish presence in the area. Yes, there's definitely a Jewish presence in the area. And it is somewhat possible that some people would be welcome in and around that space. Maybe even not in the synagogue, but maybe. But, yes, that is worth mentioning. The other thing about this, that, that it keeps getting mentioned over and over and over again, and you'll see it mentioned in certain letters as well, it's almost as a defense to Paul and Barnabas, because they want to show that they're still good Jews, is what they're trying to say. Like, they still go to the synagogue. All right, They're not just out only speaking to Gentiles. They're not taking this Jewish gift in, in the minds of the church in Jerusalem and the, the people of the way. Again, the only places where we have this diversity of belief and Gentiles believing are kind of where Peter has gone and then where these two people have been. I mean, it is spreading, and I'm not saying this is the only window of the gospel reaching Gentiles probably at this time, but it's not widespread. And so for this to have validation in the church of Jerusalem, they really need to still do a lot of cultural things correctly. They need to go to the synagogue. They need to go and show up and enjoy it. And obviously, they do want their culture, their family, their brothers and sisters, they do want them to hear the good news. So it's not like they don't want to go and have to, right? But in their going, in a lot of ways, we hear about it over and over again to remind everyone listening to this and everyone at the time reading this that no, they are still very Jewish. They want us to know that. They want the listener to know so that they're still heard. So that in Jerusalem, they don't write Paul and Barnabas off. Right? They, they need them to still be somewhat culturally acceptable. And that's okay. And that's fair. And people hearing the gospel. So it's not a bad thing that they're doing that. Okay, I don't want it to sound like they're just bending to these rules and regulations and traditions that are wicked. They're not wicked traditions and bad things. They're doing a good thing, but that's a huge part of it. And we'll see that kind of continue, and we'll see that really be pointed out as we go forward, as it starts having persecution from the Jerusalem church, and or not from the Jerusalem church, from the, the Jews in these areas. You'll really see it mentioned that way when they're going other places. People know, no, still, still Jewish. Still doing things in the somewhat right way. Okay. They still have validation to speak at the synagogue. They were invited to. That kind of thing. Okay. So as they do so, they speak in such a way as a great number of both Jews and Greeks believe. And, and like Drew is saying, it is similar, it, it, or it is beautiful, that it seems the message to both is the same. Okay, Because at this time, remember, they're having an argument at the Church of Jerusalem right now, and in these places where there's heavy, heavy Jewish culture and influence, that first Gentiles should become Jews first, right? Do you remember the name of that? What that's called, to become a Jew when you're a Gentile? Does anyone know? Proselyte, right? So they want them to be circumcised first. They want them to become Jewish, and then they can accept this Jewish Savior, who's Jesus. Paul and Barnabas do not teach it that way, Right? They teach it so that the same message is acceptable for the Jew and the Greek. It's this beautiful picture, again, before it's spelled out in, in Colossians, I think, way later. There's no Jew or Greek. 
There's no slave or free man or woman. Only Christ in us, all in all. That I butchered that whole verse very badly. I'm positive. Please don't look it up in Colossians right away. Just wait a little while till you go home, so that you know I read it once. You know what I mean? So, but but it's this idea that they are actualizing with their voice. They are showing with their hands, showing with their mouths, showing with their presence in different places. No, no, the same message. This beautiful gift that was to the Jews, Jews is for you as well. This is a Jewish. Gentile, slave, free, man, woman, sinner, righteous-ish for us all. And it's being shown that way. And that's what's important. And this is what we have to understand. And it's a little bit, I don't think it's off topic. But if we say, yes, people like us and people not like us should hear the gospel, then we have to make sure we show that that is really what we think. That can't just be what we say around people that look like us. It doesn't work that way. They can't go to the Jewish synagogue and tell all of them to go speak to the Gentiles and yet only preach the gospel in the synagogue with all the Jewish people there. That's not how it works. And it's how we've practiced it forever and how we still do, right? We, we are so much more comfortable with people that look and sound and believe enough like us or kind of have a background similar-ish to us that it's just easier to tell the other ones like us to go and do it somewhere else, right? It, it just is. I mean, really, if we look around, it kind of looks like it is to me, if we're real honest with ourselves. But they practiced this and, and did it with their lives for real. The, the church was extremely diverse, especially for synagogues in that day, because Jews and Greeks and other foreigners were hearing the same message offered freely to the same or to such different people. And we have to be people who don't just say that's the way. We have to really believe that it's the way enough to do it. To say, yes, the gospel is for the poor. And yet, then not offer it to the poor means we don't believe it's for the poor, if we're honest. Or if we believe that someone else is supposed to do that, or, or whatever else. If we believe that community should be offered to all, and that our, our faith community should be a welcoming, inclusive community, and yet aren't purposefully inclusive, then, then we don't believe that. That's, that's incorrect. We can say we do, and it still sounds good because all of us are going to say that, probably. Or we should. You should maybe say that. <laughs> but if we're not doing it together, then we're all just looking at ourselves in the mirror and then forgetting what we look like when we leave, right? That's what James says. He said, you, you say one thing, and yet you do something else. It's very similar to you looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, oh, that's me, and then leaving and forgetting you know, that you're dirty or whatever else. I don't know. I can't think of a good example on that one. Does that make sense? So, but they, they are actually showing that. And they're, they're doing it in. Like, as they go, that is what they do. That is the common practice of their message. And that's important. And that's kind of what's stirring up trouble. And that is kind of what's beautiful at the same time. That's what everyone wants and what all the others hate. That, that's it. And it's offered freely the same to everyone, right? And so we keep going, and it says... 
a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews, which would mean the leaders, correct? We talked about that last week. When they say that, it's usually the leaders of the people that would be the, the characterizing saying the Jews. Um, stirred up the Gentiles and listened to their, the verbiage here and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Poisoned their minds against the brothers. And we all know this, so I don't want to oversim- oversimplify. But when the gospel is moving forward, or grace is moving forward, or beauty is moving forward in any way, there is always going to be something to poison the minds of, of folks in the movement and on the fence. We, we see that, in, and here's, this is the, the main example that keeps coming up in my head, and I think it's worth it that it would come up, because I feel like maybe that's conviction for some of us, or conviction for what's going on around us, or whatever else. But this, this idea of stirring up Gentiles and poisoning their minds doesn't always mean, hey, we should go kill them. <laughs> right? It gets to that. It comes to that. They try to stone them to death, which is, they don't try to stone them, like, scare them out. They try to kill them for real, right, later. But that's not how it starts, is it? Right? That's, that's not how it begins. We all know this in different parts of our life. Right? Misogynistic behavior doesn't begin by someone just screaming that a woman shouldn't have a job, right? It starts slowly. It starts with a joke, right? About dishes usually or something. It starts with like like outdated conversations that our grandfather laughed at, and so it's okay for us to kind of laugh at when we're just in the in the cave in the in the like the room with other dudes or something, right? Guys do that when it's just, you know, they don't, oh, I would never say that. Um, you know, for a woman, because I don't believe that. Well, you apparently do. Apparently it is. And it slowly kind of infiltrates, doesn't it? Slowly does. And it's just so, it's just, it just gets in there in this terribly small way. Until that's the culture, and it grows and grows, and then no one really wants to be loud saying anything against it because they really don't know how they feel about it. Or it's hypocritical now for me to say something because I laughed three days ago. Or whatever it may be, something holds that back. The same with racism, right? It starts with, with, it would start on the job site where I would always work with like, oh, you know, someone needs to know English, right? Starts with that all the time. At my job, it would always start with that. I mean, I'm not saying I'm racist, but I'm saying this. No, no, you're, you are. You can go ahead and say that you're, that you're saying that. But it's just slow, it's easy. It's just, it's just acceptable enough, kind of, and then a laugh and an elbow or like a, some weird bro thing, right? So it kind of gets to stay in there. And then it grows and grows and grows, though. Well, then in conflict, it really comes out, right? We know who we are, we're squeezed, and then something really dangerous takes place, and we accept things we wouldn't accept, because it's just been, yeah, it's been laughed about, it's been funny, it's been, uh, that whole thing, right? That's, that's how this seems to happen as well. And that's always, to me, maybe not always, that is oftentimes how the ugly enters the beautiful, right? In our church, no one's going to just probably pick a fight with someone else, probably, no one's just probably going to walk up to John and just state to his face how he dislikes something he's done or that he doesn't like it. Probably because John, everyone likes John, number one. But you're just, and Allison will maul you if you do that. She will immediately take your face off. So don't do that. But, but we can, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right? Probably not. But 
What can happen is for someone in a situation where they've felt a little burned by anything that the bowl wearers have done, can do a little joke about something, and then just be like, oh, I'm just kidding. You know, I love them, of course. Oh my gosh, you know I do. So that just a little bit of discredit kind of infiltrates the situation, right? Just a little bit of poison, a little bit, goes in. That's how it works. That's, that's, I'm oversimplifying, that's how it works. Sometimes, no, people do that. They are atrociously, egregiously brash and do those things, but usually not. Usually not. It's slow. Marriages are broken up little by little by little by little. Right? Like, community is damaged by little bitty things over time, not addressed over and over and over and over and over again, and then it's just poisonous. It's what happens here in this town with these believers. Yes, they invite them in. Oh man, your message is beautiful. We would love to have you speak. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, I don't exactly believe that. Why are they saying you're the best speaker they've ever had? They always like when I'm up there, kind of thing, right? So this takes place in this town, and, and they can start to see it. It begins to be poisoning the minds of the Gentiles and the Jews alike in the town, okay? So they keep going. So they remained for a long time, and I love that. People's minds start to be poisoned. There starts to be some, like, attack. So they remain for a long time. I love it. It's not... So they left. It's no, no. So they made sure people knew the truth for as long as they could. They stayed as long as possible. When the, when the persecution came or the, like the, a little bit of suffering came or the discrediting came or the debate came, they were there for it. And they said, oh, yes, we should stay now because of this. When in so many conversations we have, when the debate comes up, we need to end the conversation or make a joke or make sure they know that we're still friends, or make sure anything else, instead of saying, oh no, so, I need to take this conversation further. You know? You just disrespected a coworker of mine because of their race? Oh, let's just stay further. Let's really have the conversation then. Let's do that. Seems to be their attitude, which I love. It's just kind of delicious in this sense, right? They're just ready for it. So they stay for a time. And a lot of scholars believe they would have stayed like six to eight-ish, maybe a little longer months here. That's their long time. Not like, they stayed another week and came to the synagogue one more time. Oh no, they made sure people knew they were there. They made sure they knew, oh, I'm ready for the debate. Do you want to poison mine slowly or quickly? I'm here to give love in the same fervor. Let's, let's do that, right? So they stay, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders done by their hands. Why would it be important? This is a real question. Why would it be important? So they remained for a time, speaking boldly for the Lord, and then this next interruption, who bore witness of the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders done by their hands. Why is that important? What value does that have here? What, what strikes you about that interruption here? Mm. And I mean, in addition to obviously going to persuade people to believe and what they're saying. Right? I love that confirmation idea, right? It's, it's similar to, like, again, I'm oversimplifying in a great way. So we say, let's have generosity dinners. That sounds great. What if the first one would have just been okay, right? 
And so then Brian and Pepper's like, you know, that was just okay. Maybe that's not what we should do. Let's just let that be the one experiment. It was fun. Let's just not do anymore, right? No. Instead, they continue and continue. They bring it to us. We begin exploring that. People are doing this all over the place. I'm, again, I'm not saying how beautiful generosity dinner is even. But it's beautiful for all of us involved. And now we get to see God stretch out his hand of grace and make us more giving, make people generous, answer people's prayers by that generosity from their community and everything else, right? It's, it's, that, it's that acknowledgement that, um, the word you said, it's proving that God is a part of this, right? It's affirming in that way. I agree. Why else would, why else would that be in here? Did y'all hear that? Everyone can hear that? Alright, what else? I agree. I agree. It said that poisoned it doesn't mean spoiled. And that was like when you read that, it was an encouragement to me that even if there's like issues or hardships, like it's very easy for us to be discouraged by that. Like we go back to Mary and Joseph not having a place to like birth the Savior. And that would for us probably have been Now we can't even get a room. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. But, Go before us or something. Yeah. But like, he's witnessing the Right. When the persecution comes, it feels, it feels answered for sure, like all three of you have said. But I, I love that idea that, that poison doesn't mean spoil. That is, that is beautiful. And again, we, we see this again in their staying. And they're saying, no, I will stand against this. I will stand against you saying that Jesus is still dead. I will stand against that. They actually say, oh, you want to poison the minds of other people? You don't want to not just be unbelieving yourselves of our message. You also want to poison the minds of our brothers and sisters and the Gentiles we're going to? That's who you are? Okay, we're going to come against that the same. We, we will not allow that with our lives, with our mouths, with our actions. You want to poison something, I'm, I'm not going to allow that. And that... That sense we see over and over with this group of people and the believers they, they stay with also have that in them, that like yearning for, no, I, I will stand against something. No, I'm not just going to be rolled <laughs> by this unbelief and the lies said about our faith and whatever. No, I'll, I'll gladly stand for that graciously. I'll stand for that with, with these miracles we're performing and the generosity we will send back to the church and all these other things. They, they stand against that in their way of love, right? What else? What else would it say? Let's do one more. For the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. I think one of the main reasons is is to show that God does things through their hands, right? They're about to be lauded as, as deities in a little bit. They're about to be told, oh my goodness, you've done miracles. You must be sons of Zeus or whatever they call them. We'll get to it later. I think 
you'll talk about it next week, right? So they get to that and they say, no, 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 please no. And they like even tear their clothes and stuff. They're so upset by hearing that. But this idea that they're trying to make sure everyone knows, no, God is granting us to be able to give this grace to you. Without God's gift of the wonders, my hands can't perform them, right? Even look how it says that. Granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. This idea that everything good that we would do would be a gift from God for us to be able to do is is the idea over and over and over again. Not just for their own possible arrogance in the future or their own thinking they can go this alone, but also for all the people around them to say, no, 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 this this miraculous wonder you're seeing, this me healing the sick, me being more generous than I can usually be, me answering this harsh debate with grace, all of that is not my personality, it's not my willpower, it's not just my character, this is God through me acting through my hands. It's important for them to note here. And it's noted over and over again as we go, but this idea that God was gracious to allow them to heal people is, is beautiful. And it, it can't be undone. Like God allows Todd to lead us in beautiful ways. That is the reality of the situation. Todd's a great guy. He's very kind. He's a very wonderful musician. But God, as he's leading, allows his hands to lead us in that way. And that's important for us to note. Not just for Todd, but for us. It's important to know that is a gift from God. Mandy's voice is a gift from God to us. It's not just her training, not just her singing opera all the time since how old to whenever, you know, and, and doing shows and stretching her voice and learning. It's also God's gift to us, his people. And that's important for not only her, but for us to know, to say thank you for that gift. Thank you for that, right? That's, that's the importance there, and that's what's being shared with us in that passage. He goes further, but, this, but the people of the city were divided, do you remember a passage where Jesus said that would be the way? Do you remember? He said, as I come, you know, I don't just seek to divide, but what's going to happen is it will cut through people, right? Like brothers and sisters who believe differently, husbands and wives will have difficulty because of my message. People will be divided over it. You know, it's, it's this idea of like, you'll be surprised at who doesn't like this. Be surprised at who doesn't like the idea of the poor seeing justice. You'll be surprised at people who don't like the idea of, of counting others, you know, important to love as yourself. You'll be surprised to find all these things. And it is. Every day it is. And as they go, it says, um, the people say we were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. I think this is the first time Paul and Barnabas are called apostles here, too. When an attempt was made by both Jews and Gentiles with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and they fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, into the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. So again, they have this, they are meeting debate with the miraculous, with beauty, right? They're, they're, this poison is trying to infiltrate and they're not allowing it to be spoiled. I like that phrase. continue to say that over and over probably. But they're not allowing that to happen, right? In the midst of it still, though, there's a, you know, there's a plan against their life. They plan to stone them, not just to hurt them or scare them, to kill them, to end their lives. And so they leave, and they go to these other towns about 20 miles away, 15, 20 miles away. And what do they do? 
continue. I said, well, these people need this as well. I must still live the way I did there here just because there was difficulty and persecution and suffering doesn't mean I still cannot live that way. And that's what I want us, I want myself for sure to remember. This idea we started on, this idea of like, you know, we, we always kind of hope that next season is going to be perfect. It's just going to exhale perfection at every turn. It's going to be beautiful, right? This, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and now this new relationship is going to change everything. It is. Or this marriage is going to completely change it, or this, this new job will. Or, or whatever it may be, this new season. But in that will come difficulty. Some of it we'll create. We know ourselves well enough. We'll, we'll create some problems there. We'll, we'll put our own poison in, you know, because how we think of ourselves or how we're just selfish or how we're, you know, whatever else. We'll put that in there. But also it's going to come from somewhere else as we seek to start a business and lead as Christ would have us lead. Obviously, things are going to come in to, to stop that, to make it hard to do that. Yes, we want to start this sport with our kids, and, and we're going to really think and pray to hopefully meet other parents and show how generous, and then we'll make a complete fool of ourselves in the way we parent in front of them. We just will. I just will, right? But as we move about our life, the beauty we see here is, yes, suffering comes in. Yes, their team disbands and breaks up at some point. John Mark goes back, and it's a fight. Later, they really fight about it. All these things happen. They're still normal folks that, luckily, God is gracious and does things through their hands, right? But as those things happen, they press forward and continue. They continue to be generous with themselves. They continue to invite people into their community. They continue to go to the synagogue in the town over. After that synagogue threatened their life, they say, well, this is what we do. We are people of grace. We are people who think this gospel is so important as to continue to offer it. And so they continue and continue and continue. Even though it's more difficult and more difficult and more difficult at every turn. They are the kind that press forward. They're the kind that don't just say, okay, we'll, re- we'll rethink because we thought this was going to go really well. Continue to ask God to do things through their hands. We need to be those people. We need to have God grant us some of that or something. And as we continue that, we we do get to do that together. So as we pray before communion, I want us to pray on that. That as a community, we would learn that together. And encourage each other to be those kind of people. Encourage each people to, to kind of birth that in ourselves to be able to, to love continually anyway, right? To fight against poison. To not be spoiled, right? Okay? So let's pray together, and let's stand. We'll have communion right after as well. And so God, we do say, allow us to be people who persevere. Also allow us to be people who see what our hands really are. And if anything good comes from them, if anything good comes from our lives, our mouths, our hands, our love, our generosity, that is obviously a gift from you. So please let us tell you thank you for that appropriately. To be honest, I, I am caught on that just with our, our friends, our people this week. All the things you've shown me through their hands, 
through their voices just this week. Whether it be seeing them love people at their home over ethnic fun food dinner or getting to have late night beers and be encouraged by how someone wants to talk about scripture or marriage or life. Just, it's good. So we thank you for being gracious to us. We thank you for your word of grace showed through our community. So God, help us persevere. Help us to not be poisoned by the small things that are somewhat oddly passable. Let us see your grace in all things that we do and set our hands to. In Jesus' name.